The crew is caught up in some rubble without a cause. This week on Hapless Heroes. Later, we might encounter an elk of Clovenkind, but right now I'm putting up my hood on my cloak of Elvenkind. Welcome back to the Hapless Heroes Podcast. My name is Dave and I will be your host and dungeon master for this evening. And we will start this evening the same way as we've started them all since time immemorial by introducing our cast. And today I will start on my left with Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. I'm first today? Every now and again. And to his left, we have Nicole as Boris the Butcher. I'm starting to think I should have stolen more health potions. To her left, we have Zach as Parada Lincoln Woods and also Pregnard. It's dark in here, but I can still see. To his left, we have John as Lord Jarrell the Light and also Dr. Dudu. Uh, by the way, Boris, could I borrow a couple more of those potions? And to his left, we have Francesco as the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom. I might have a plan. So as we last left off, our party was underground, getting down subterraneanly uh, beneath, um, well, some buildings and some rubble and uh, probably a whole lot of crap. Yeah, probably. But let's cut a little higher to our... Actual crap. There is probably actual crap. (laughs) I mean, everything has little bits of actual crap, right? (laughs) Yes. I've been referred to as a little shit on multiple occasions, so. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate to everything, I guess. Fantastic. So we're going to cut to our eyes in the sky as both Dr. Dudu and Pregnart were a little bit higher above the action, having planted a bomb somewhat higher up this uh, tower of bone and blood. Did we actually make it to the top of it? Or did we just like put Um, it somewhere? Uh, that's a good question. Where did you put it? Since the agency was entirely in the hands of the flying uh, member of the contingent there. Yeah, uh, dude was just going as high as he could possibly make it before the thing started beeping too rapidly. I mean, Felix did give specific instructions and did teach Pregnart how to arm mm-hmm. the Omnibomb. So, you know, and, and, and at least to my knowledge, right, uh, the instructions were very clear, or at least clear enough that Pregnant would be able to do mm-hmm. this successfully. Yeah, why would he forget how? I, I am just I, I'm just hmm. saying this, you know. It seems but, like it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, it just depends on how how tall the tower was, because we were also instructed to go to the top of it. Yes, so I think, because, you know, it's going to make for good radio, that you are going to make it to the top of the tower with a little bit of time to spare. So okay. uh, we'll actually cut this back in, um, you know, sometime 
slightly previous to the explosion. That way we don't have to, you know, have your reactions to something that's already happened. We can kind of do it in real time. We've got uh, to do in Pregnart. And as you reach the top of the tower with maybe mm, 30 seconds to spare or something of that nature, just as uh, combat is sort of breaking up down below and people are running for the hills over there, you've made it to the top. Things are a little more open up here. There are arches on the outside, the first openings you've seen in this tower of any sort, opening into a rotunda at the top. Around what appears to be some sort of large red orb in the center of the room, and when I say large, I mean the diameter is probably about six feet, so it's, you know, a a pretty darn big globe on a plinth in the middle of the room. And several different uh, figures are milling around up here. What is a plinth? Uh, like kind of a like a box thing that it would be on top of. Yeah, like the holder, like yeah. a raised. Yeah, like a raised thing. Got it. Um. So when to do spots that there are the creatures up here. Yes. He would try to be a little bit more stealthy about it uh, and not just fly over them and drop, <laughs> you know. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so uh, a little more stealth is definitely upon the menu. Uh, you notice that these are all humanoids of uh, various sorts. Some are a little uh, skinnier and more skeletal than others. Uh, one or two have a little bit more meat on their bones. Do they seem just like random undead or are they like wearing armor or anything? Um, is this something you're going to attempt to perceive? Because I think a perception check might be in order if so. Sure. They do significantly better at the youth than Jarrell. Uh, 19. Okay, so you do notice uh, they do all appear to be undead humanoids, all of which are missing their left hand. <laughs> they are of various appearances. One of them is tall, maybe six foot five, gray skin, um, sort of like looks like um, sort of metal like filigree on the outside of him and a book implanted in the center of his chest. Another one is maybe, you know, a little bit shorter, maybe a little closer to six foot and hulking and what looks like just sort of a massive like gore with a face. Another appears to just be a floating skeleton with a metal crown, his right eye glowing a bright red while the left socket is dark. Various uh, pieces of cloth stream from him as he uh, floats in uh, the space there. Are they in a band? This sounds like a cool band. I think these, I, I think these are all Vecna, <laughs> just the different ones. So a solo project. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, are they in a band? Um, in the same way that Tyler Durden was in a band. Nice. All right, cool. So no. <laughs> but also kind of yeah. All right, cool. But no. Are um, they yelling at each other about how they can't talk about what, what they're doing? No, there's um, lots of uh, some smug laughter from one, 
sort of a Skeletor-like cackle from the floating skeleton. <laughs> Lead singer energy right there. Um, is there like, uh, because uh, you said on the outside there are arches, right? Yes. Um, is there any so kind of like area where Dudu could perch or put Pregnart down for a moment safely out of view of? Yeah, there are a few areas where there are some uh, desks, some bookshelves, some other areas with various implements. What about even two? on like the outside of the building at the top? Um, are you looking maybe like above, like uh, the roof, or, or to that? or to the edges of the top layer? Okay, so sort of the edges of this area where they are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. you could land either behind stuff or at the edges, and uh, be fine. Uh, so to do kind of lands far as far off and out of sight as he possibly can, uh, puts Pregnart down. And kind of like adjusts him so that he's safe on the edge of this ridiculously tall tower. And then, uh, er, pregnant, the bomb. I'm the bomb. <laughs> yes, you have the bomb. Er. Oh, yes. Wait, what the, what the, what should I do with the bomb? <laughs> um, Titu, like, tilts his head. And looks at pregnant, hoping that because he was the one who would give was given the instructions, and then he's looking at the bomb himself. Do you want me to do a bomb right now? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Wait, where where should I put the bomb? Uh, uh, right here, right here. And uh, the dude kind of like backs one of his feet up a little bit and points with his beak. Okay. Dave, should I do I have to like roll for recall? Acrobatics. Um, was it at least <laughs> written down somewhere? It wasn't written down, but he was instructed a, a, yeah. a couple maybe a couple okay. minutes ago. <laughs> okay. Like was he instructed in specific terms or just the we yada yada that pregnant was We yada yada that through dice rolls though. Okay, the fantastic. Dice rolls so did you know they were positive right. yes they were positive so <laughs> what dice roll are you looking to try to make to recall this then pregnart um let's see probably an arcana thinking... with assistance from dudu yeah arcana makes sense because dudu is a plus 11 arcana so yeah i mean i want to say doesn't i want to yeah. say pregnart's going to try to persuade the bomb to blow up In what manner will you persuade the bomb? <laughs> uh, it's got to be convincing. Yeah, it I'm willing to entertain you. <laughs> uh, so one one might say that really any time that you interact with an ob object, you're really you're really trying to like speak its language, Dave. You're really just trying to, you know, talk to it, coax yes. coax out the 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 outcome that you you want you want to see this is world. something of an extraordinary request asking to apply this sort of check to this sort of thing and i'm willing to grant it because 
well, I'm just an extraordinary sort of dude. Really? But what I would like is just a little bit of role play out of this. Like show, show, you know, you role play this out. I will let you. Uh, I will let you make that role. Mister Bob, I would like you to blow up like Felix wants you to, and um, I think that I remember how to ask you very nicely. And I, I imagine, like, as Pregnart is talking to the bomb, like, moving the bomb around. Yes, like, I was dude picturing just trying, the like, same thing. thing I, was, like, I was, like, picturing the same thing. Like, as he's, like, talking to the bomb, he's, like, moving the pieces, like, as he was instructed. But, like, while, like, giving it, like, this, like, wholesome yes. pep talk. He's explaining with his hands, and his hands just happen to be doing the right things. Right. Yeah, he's, like, kind of, like, poking and prodding it in the correct way way in the correct order as really he's speaking the bombs punctuating yeah. his words you know there's a little part that hangs down and he grabs it with you know pinched fingers and moves it a little bit as he's gesturing so yes give uh, give that roll um, that persuasion roll and uh, we will abide by the results of it because that role play pleased me please be good it's a modified 20 it's fantastic. So the bomb is now armed, exactly as Felix would have intended. Uh, the do will then quickly. I, was say, I believe the follow-up instruction was get the fuck yeah. out of there. The do will then quickly. Bye, uh, bomb. Kind of pick to do uh, pregnant up first with his beak and then with his little uh, goose feet, and they will take flight straight down. And then st- stop around the middle-ish area. Once they feel like they're far enough away. Okay. Um, since all of this happened rather quickly, um, you see the last of the group, and they're far enough away where you can't tell exactly who it is, but um, you know you can sort of see them run into the building. Okay. Um, the dude's kind of going to try to go on like an angle. We're, we're staying, still stay, like in the middle, but further out away from the bombs. Is one of the bombs uh, uh, from down below uh, explodes. Remember yep. how some of them kind of got out ahead a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The ones that were zapped on Felix's yeah. side. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So we start to see some mini explosions down at the the right side or closest to us, probably. Boom, 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 is a bunch more go, and you see just chunks of the tower down below get blown outward and inward and just all over the place. And it takes out a significant chunk of the bottom of the tower, and you can just see everything above it rock. But also the buildings in maybe a good 50 foot radius of all around there are just obliterated by the shrapnel of uh, this tower exploding outwards. Hmm. And we kind of see like some stuff hit the building that the heroes went into, I'm sure. Um, yeah, some stuff hit it like, you know, um, after another the series we of dodging. explosions, you see uh, a big uh, chunk of uh, the uh, building across the street collapse down right in front of the doorway that they just entered. Yeah. And uh, so what are you doing now? 
Have you stopped um, or are you continuing to fly? Dudu is going to try to continue to move further away. That's a great idea. <laughs> Just because he sees the how much damage these bombs are doing to the tower and how tall the tower is. Yeah. And yeah. Don't want to be stuck in that scene from that one alien movie where the ship's just slowly crashing straight down on her. <laughs> yeah, so flying directly outward. Um, which just entertaining me, which direction? I know uh, everything here happened on the west side of the tower, but are you yeah, gonna go back west the way we away came. from it? Okay. Back the way we Sounds can, great. Can we still see any sign of Lagradex from here? Uh, it is very far in the distance, but you can see it. Like we know where it should be kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you, you can kind of see that, you know, there's a lot of points of reddish light kind of heading towards here, although it's kind of gotten purple because of, you know, blue shifting as things kind of get closer to you unless it's red shifting. And I've gotten my astronomy all wrong, but I don't actually give a crap about that because I'm about a humble, dun humble dungeon master because one of them is sort of a little green and that's what Legard X is. Dr. Dudu, I can see Lagradex from here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you are, I assume, flying as fast as your little goosey wings can carry you out west. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm going to try to fly into space. Um, no, no. You, in the kind of time frames we're talking about here, aren't going to be able to get to space. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Dr. the space Dudu, outside can we of the space. <laughs> no, Bragnard, we must help our friends. Oh, That's yeah. a different campaign. Is another series of explosions rattles off at the bottom of the tower, partially obscuring what Pregnart was saying. Right. <laughs> Hi, question from the people who aren't here, though, uh, for the audience, right? Uh, I, when when this when that second set of explosions go off, does the tower begin to like? Does anything any more happen to it? Yeah, um, yeah. We still haven't gotten to the other two main omnibombs yet. Right. Oh, I see. This is still just the the aftershocks of uh, the one. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's anyway, just the after. Okay. Got, yeah, these got. are more dramatic 1812 overture explosions. We haven't oh, gotten to the heavy ordinance yet. I love that so much for us. But um, yes, so now the scene is Pregnart and Dr. Dudu flying west as quickly as possible as. It's, it's almost even less of an explosion as just the air is almost like turned to jelly in between you and the tower for such a brief moment and everything just goes in two ridiculously large explosions simultaneously take out the bottom of the top of the tower and just blast a good chunk of the tower directly east. Hmm. And you Big can friend, see almost nodding to that slow motion, the entire tower toppling over and falling almost in a due east direction. Because and, and just to answer your question, Zach, because this makes me happy because this was the plan. 
Oh. It worked. It I just don't know that yet as my character, but me, the player, is is, is beaming right now. At the same time, a good chunk of the bottom of the tower is kicked out west as the uh, explosion happens, and the entire building and complex in which the main party have gone is now buried under a good 15, 20 feet of rubble. Okay. Uh, and the yeah, things that made up that tower. Right. Uh, the dude's going to immediately fly back towards the building that the heroes were in. Um, the landscape around it is altered so dramatically that it takes you a good minute to really zero in on where it is. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's all sorts of fucky, but like at least uh, the general area of where the tower's base at one point was and like where I think. Yeah. Yeah. You're in sort of the general area. Things are kind of flattened, featureless almost here is like there's a lot of settling dust and, you know, it's, it's a little craggy, but everything's sort of settled pretty flat here. Right. I put Pragnite down. Yeah. Whee! And start looking for yeah. any sign of the building. Yeah. It occurs to you, Dr. Dedu, that uh, saving the city of Tarantis is no longer on the menu. <laughs> This place yeah. has been sufficiently laid waste. Yeah, I figured they'd going to have to rebuild after this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Leads to their problems. Yeah, I think the whole like city being stolen and launched into space and then all of its denizens being turned into undead already made this sort of a forsaken place. So I, I you know, yeah. really don't feel much guilt about setting explosives on the Tower of Doom, essentially. There's no saving the architecture now, though. No. <laughs> um, so I kind of have a general sense of where um, the party might be. Uh, Dudu's going to turn himself into a mole or some other <laughs> digging little tiny creature and begin digging around trying to find the party. Okay, you can do that, and it will take you um, time. Much time. And the camera cuts to the party in the rubble here, where we left them last episode. Who was digging again? Someone was digging. Uh, Quinn was digging, and I think Boris found the door that we couldn't all fit through. Yeah, I don't quite remember where we left off with that. Um, there was a hole that not all of I, I couldn't fit through. Yeah, I know Quinn decided to dig despite his not wanting to get dirty. Yeah. Okay, well, I really like that idea of uh, a hole that um, only the smallest in the party can get through, so we're going to go with that. <laughs> No, we don't make all of this up all the time. What? <laughs> what do you mean? You, you, you mean we that in a uh, land of uh, fantasy told entirely with the theater of the mind that, um, you know, uh, we're going to draw the line arbitrarily somewhere at this. This right here. This is too much bullshit. 
<laughs> this is the fucking bullshit Rubicon that you well, cross just this. Happens so to be a door. Yeah. <laughs> this Only is the, the smallest people could fit through. Yes. Yes. This is this is this is where I finally cross over into finally becoming my bush league apotheosis here. <laughs> well, hey, I'm small. Yes, you're small. And I would say even um Paradil's you know, small. I'm small. small. Boris can get small. Doesn't take much for Boris to get small. I feel like Quinn is gonna be left to deal with Jarrell. Yeah. Left to- Quinn and Jarrell sitting together, pouting. Well <laughs> also the crab. The crab is not oh, right. large not small enough to get through there and is also inconveniently crab shaped. It's okay, Quinn. This is a perfect time for you to work with Jarrell and get a good idea of his mannerisms in case, you know, impressions are needed to be made. That's again, fair. Right? That's you fair. It's like this is your this is your best chance to learn, right? One on one with the guy. This is my know? future to go on on what tour do you mean after all impressions? this and do impressions. Who, who don't don't worry about Jarrell. Are you saying Are you saying instead of instead of strategizing to fight Vecna, the best plan of action here is for Quinn to start is to start planning Jarrell's yes, mannerisms instead he has to impersonate him if he dies what again. if we need to create okay listen I'm trying to think steps ahead here people what if I we ever need was... to create a deception where it's like oh Quinn poses as Jarrell and then Jarrell goes in with the sneaky stabby holy sword stuff you know like it's just always gonna have who would have... ever believe that Quinn Southwind was Lord Jarrell you'd be surprised my friend yeah, I thought he was just looking, you know, for a, you know, post-adventuring uh, kind of uh, job as a post-apocalyptic Frank Caliendo or something. I don't know. <laughs> Strong deception and decent performance. You'd be surprised. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but it's not like we're just going to leave you here. We're going to find a way for everyone to get out. And we're all going to get out because it's not like the fight's over. And I really want to see what happened with all the explosions that we missed. <laughs> Aww. So, so are you are you three going in that hole then by yourselves? I mean, I'm I, going in the hole. Briefly, yes. Um, here I'll leave. Here, uh, Sl- I'm gonna leave Slim with you, and we'll I will talk to you through Slim, and I will we will remain in contact in in this way. Just take take care of her. We'll do. Uh, Boris, are you going with them? I guess so, but, you know, take care of Hector for me. Make sure he doesn't get into any trouble. Of course I will. Uh, Could I use uh, some more of those health potions? I'm still not feeling 100%. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Boris pulls, like, one of the bottles of grenadine out, I guess, and hands it to Jarrell and and one of the smaller healing potions as well. I, I, I love... Boris's like possessiveness of things, even though ninety percent of what she owns is probably stolen, and and she has like a ridiculous amount yes. of. Yes, <laughs> I mean I yes. really don't. I'm down to I've got ten bottles of grenadine and four healing ten. potions now. That, that's ten. a lot, and and your like tank that's... is at three quarters, <laughs> and you're that's like, eh, behavior I don't know if I can deal with only nine of these. <laughs> That's like common behavior for like a hoarder slash kleptomaniac, I think. <laughs> agreed, agreed. That's a kid who grew up on the streets is what that is. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And remember, she's also a child. Yes. Boris also looks like she's like feeling extremely generous by having given both a big one and a small one instead of just a single health potion. Like, 
Look at how charitable I'm being. Wow. <laughs> yeah, not miserly at all. No, no, nope. Well, hey, look, you got another health potion, Jarrell. So at least yes. there's that. Um, yep. But uh, two. like I said, well, oh, two. Excuse me. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back. As soon as possible, like I said, I will communicate with you through my familiar. It's going to be fine. We're just going to find a way out of here or a way to get us all out of here. Uh, I mean, by all means, don't stop digging. Like, is this hole that we found or this door, is it like in where we were, where it was being dug? Or is this because, like, you know, this hole disappeared. Uh, where did it appear in this, like, it, it was um, kind of like a small, like, porthole sized door, um, maybe, you know, about two feet high by two feet wide. I see. Um, but, you know, impassable for a crawling human in uh, full gear or armor. Gotcha. No. OK, so, yeah, well, let's we'll, we'll poke our heads in. We'll see what's going on and uh, we'll report back. Uh, you first, Paradell. Here I go. All right, I'll follow behind him and tell Boris, uh, if it gets too dark, just uh, I don't know, uh, just, just, we'll figure out how to make some light for you. Unless you have some torches in those pockets, I don't know. Uh, and I pop myself into the porthole as well. All right. So uh, two short men have gone into the porthole. And uh, hands Jarrell one end of a rope and then holds the other end and goes <laughs> through the porthole. The rope thing. Yeah. <laughs> Love this one. Classic. All right. So, yes, you are now all three in a very. Uh, low crawl space that seems to be running parallel to this room. It is maybe about two feet high. It is about two feet wide. There are enough uh, small obstacles in here that the short can uh, kind of just step around, step over, and the larger can kind of, you know, contort, crawl, you know, get under over some of these things. And it continues forward for maybe about 20 feet or so after immediately sort of taking a left as soon as you get into here. Like I said, it runs parallel to the room. I see. Well, Peridot, you're in front, so and you have dark vision. I mean, so do I, but you know, you're in the you're in front. Yes. I pretty much am, I'm probably staring at your feet or your butt right now because that's just all I could see in my, you know, in my way here. Because we can't stand. Are we? We're, we're, we're How's the view back still, there, right? Felix? <laughs> um, at, at least the two of you are crouching. Crouching. Okay. 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 So, like, if I, you know, if I like lean, I'd have like, enough room to at least like a little bit see past Paradil, or is like, yeah, you know, is he blocking my vision? Okay. There's a little bit of that. I mean, he's blocking a pretty significant amount because he's he's. You know, he's geared up for war. He's got a backpack. He's got his weapons. He's got mm -hmm. you know you know what armor he wears, like headband. Yeah, with uh, the headband back thingies flapping in the breeze behind. Yeah, don't forget the breeze. Headband. Yeah, there is. It's faintly musty. It's coming from ahead of you. Hmm. A musty breeze. Yes. Oh, damn. Uh, what do I what do I see ahead of me? So ahead of you, uh, things go for about 20 feet in the uh, the uh, path here comes to an abrupt end. Just like a dead end. It comes to a dead end. Um, now, are you going to the dead end or are you uh, sort of looking at it from afar? Uh, I guess I'm going the 
so the dead end does not track well with my perception, I guess, of a breeze. So yeah, there I, is a breeze still coming from there. Yeah, so I am going to. Ooh, I forgot I have this like cloak of elven kind. So I'm going to put up my hood. cloak. Yeah, it's uh, advantage on stealth. So I get I'm I'm going like I don't know. Hey, this it's always going to be paranoid is... if we're in an evil city. Like I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm good with stealth. I I'm like in stealth. a creepy tunnel in yeah. the apparently the bottom of like uh, desecrated rubble in an evil city uh, created by basically an analog of Satan. I'm gonna I'm gonna no, put just up, put forward. Yeah. No, I think Satan's just you know somewhere over there in like the in the nine hells. This is this is something else entirely. This is All right. just evil incarnate. Satan oh, is Satan you because mean, like, someone sort has of like to an be analog Satan. of Satan. <laughs> no. no, someone has to be Satan. Satan is a responsibility. Wait, this what is, is what, what Vecna does for is? fun. Like Satan is Satan because there has to be a Satan. Like it's a responsibility. Someone's right. got to do that grim work. But Vecna, <laughs> no, this is what he enjoys. All right, cool. He's like Saitama. He's doing it for fun. So he's like an evil hobbyist. I see. Yes. Um, all right. Well, Paradil is going to put up that hood on the elk of uh, or the cloak of Elvenkind, not the elk of Clovenkind. I was going to say that that sounds very horrifying actually you know and I, I think it just sounds like an elk, <laughs> an elk with normal an elk with normal hooves yeah they are cloven right. later we might encounter an elk of cloven kind but right now i'm putting up my hood on my cloak of elven kind <laughs> and i am creeping ahead slowly and trepidatiously and uh making a, an investigation roll for any traps okay or obstacles Yes. So as you get uh, towards the end, you notice that the uh, breeze is coming up from underneath. And on the other side of one of these uh, obstacles, a two foot high kind of uh, like rise in the floor, just on the other side of, well, not two foot high, maybe about one foot high. Like you've got to kind of crawl over the top of it. And on the other side, you know, uh, at the actual dead end, there is a grate in the floor that goes down in the musty breeze. It definitely feels, smells a little damp is uh, coming from here. Okay. Uh, sewers, you think? Uh, I'm going to take out, I think I have. Yeah, let's say I'm going to take out something. I think I had a crowbar in either my my carpenter's tools or thieves tools i'm gonna open this grate why are you shaking your head friend what's not that? at you i'm shaking my head at nicole for what she just posted in the green room it has nothing to do with what's happening right now so let's continue <laughs> with the grate oh um well <laughs> something you notice about this grate as you try to pry it up is it's actually not so great it's pretty flimsy, and if you would have tried to have stand stood on it, you would have fallen right through. But prying it up, you are able to get it out of there very easily. And some of the rusted metal cracks and breaks away as you do so. All right, we're in. Wait, yes. wait, wait. 
uh, let me just let me just let Jarrell know real quick. Um, just give me one sec. And you know, Felix's eyes roll back in his head. Right, he does the whole thing. We we know this. We've seen this. You love it. Wait, let's uh, cut we, to Jarrell. And what does what does his voice sound like coming out of uh, Slim Shady? It's actually just my voice being projected from my familiar. So imagine right. like this this little. I think I. Does Slim Shady's mouth move when this happens, or is it just like a telepathic kind of thing? You know, this is a great question. We've never really addressed. Or is it like a whether the mouth moves? Where the mouth just like. I'd like to think it's gamer. almost. I, I like to, you know, <clears throat> that sounds more, that, it seems more like Felix's style, the whole like macabre thing. So yeah, the mouth just opens, but the, like the, the, like the lips don't move from there. It's just sort of like my voice coming out and happy, her eyes happy, are like glowing. Joy, yeah. joy. So yeah, like, like you, you see like, you know, Slip Shady in her, I'm pretty sure I had her most recently in her um, pseudo dragon form and not the gazer form. So yeah, this little pseudo dragon's like floating around, and all of a sudden it like turns to face you, Jarrell, and like its mouth opens, and you hear Felix's voice come out. Hey, uh, we found a sewer grate. Uh, Perido wants to jump in, but obviously, you know, uh, uh, we're going to be getting further from you. But you know, maybe if we could find our way to the streets, we could figure out a way to get like into where you are. Um, uh. Jarrell is just kind of like leaning against some of the rubble, slowly sipping on uh, Boris's health potions. <laughs> I imagine watching Quinn <laughs> do quite a bit of the work in terms of the digging. <laughs> I'm actually just imitating you. I'm like pretending to drink the health potion as you're you're doing it. <laughs> Getting all your mannerisms down. So we're just having a stare off, kind of, because Jarrell doesn't know exactly why Quinn's doing this. But he's <laughs> too lazy to ask him why the fuck he's doing this. He's actually so, pulled out his flask in order to do this. Okay. Um, and it, Jarrell turned to Quinn. Oh, good. They made it. Oh, well, we didn't oh, make yeah. it yet. Hey, hi. Still Felix here, still listening, still part of the conversation. Uh, we didn't make it. We found sewers. Yes, that's, that's, that's good. A different thing. Oh. Sounds like a pathway out for us that you can't get to, on account of the whole not being small thing. Y- yes, but but Felix, you always have a plan. So so I'm just I'm just giving you an update. It's not like the the plan is still developing, Queen. Like we're, we're, like I'm just saying, we found a new place, and I'm letting you know so that you're in the loop, so that you're not just sitting there wondering, hey, is everybody okay? Fine. I, I have faith. I'll, I'll update you less frequently. Goodbye. Jarrell goes back to <laughs> sipping the health. <laughs> Quinn, then, um, where where in the room are you digging? Like, if you entered the room um, from a door, like near, far, um, like which corner? Wherever you are. You? <laughs> um, I think it was like underneath. It was like underneath that like beam, right? That yeah. Yeah. I thought there was like a okay, like a, yeah. a beam that yes, we there was. Move. Yeah, and that was maybe now. through the middle of the room. He's not digging there now. He's impersonating Jarrell directly in front of Jarrell, who you know I mean, has a history with doppelgangers. He's he's <laughs> attempting to look like he's digging while imitating Jarrell. Okay, um, Quinn, give me a performance check real quick. Sure. That is a ten. Ooh. Let's say it should have been better, but I'm yeah. digging while doing this, so I feel like I'm a, I'm slightly distracted. 
Yeah. See, you lost people at the doing manual labor part. Like, nobody <laughs> believes Jarrell would do that. That's fair. Well, who am I who am I performing for exactly? But, um, well, apparently for Jarrell. <laughs> if you did it really well, he would have felt more and more uncomfortable or perhaps threatened by a doppelganger presence. So should he do an insight check to see if he understands what I'm doing? Um or well, you could Jarl's just explain to him what happened. You no, know, because I mean, it was you know. middle of the ground. Uh, it was it was like middle of the road enough where it wasn't so bad that he wouldn't recognize it, but it wasn't so good that it was going to make him think that, you know, it was actually him in front of him. I mean, and, and, and also, I appreciate that Quinn's not blowing up my spot, essentially saying, hey, we essentially paraded you around while you were dead for a little while. Um, you know, <laughs> did Jarrell ever take off the T-shirt that says, <laughs> you know, I don't know no. if you? we've ever taken stock of that. I, I don't, I don't think ever, I take like, it off yet. to look down. Yeah. What does the T-shirt say again? Um, it, uh, hang on. Give me one second. Yeah. Also, uh, I went cool and all I got was this T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, have you been in combat since you put it on and how much damage have you taken? Oh, I got like impaled for a second and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so their t-shirt is looking uh, pretty, um, I was going to say pretty metal, but we've gone a little past it and into like some like real like British punk rock kind of look. Like it's pretty shredded. Right. Things are sort of fucked up. And that and was like before on a over fell. your armor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before a building fell on us, right? <laughs> yeah. And then a building fell on you. Yes. <laughs> The T-shirt's starting to look a little vintage. Yeah. All right. Well, Felix, you know, at this point, right, like like Slim, Slim's mouth has shut and she is back to just being a pseudo dragon floating around the room. Uh, and I'll like just turn to Peridil and, and, and Boris and be like, I guess we're going to go in and figure out if we can get to the street. Let's do it. All right. So you go through and down below, uh, what you find is a tall and wide corridor that runs east and west. It is maybe about 20 feet high, so you would have a 20-foot drop from this grate down into this corridor. A little bit of uh, water is trickling from west to east along this corridor, but you would know that this room, this corridor passes right under the room that they're in. Excellent. Paradell sort of motions to the, the opening and he says, after you. Okay, that's only looks. fair. Uh, yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> You're going to have to scooch. I need to get by. Uh, scooch, scooch, scooch. Just a scooch. Let's see. Let me, just, let me just review my abilities again just to make sure that I'm not uh, ignoring something that would be more helpful here. But no, no. It's where everything's fine. Um, 20 foot drop, but into water? Or is it into... 20 foot like, drop onto concrete that's got maybe a couple of inches of water running in a rivulet down the center of it. Okay, yeah. No, I don't want to just, like, jump 20 feet to the ground. That doesn't sound like it'd be awesome for my knees. Um, <laughs> so... I'm glad we're thinking ergonomics, even in a time like this. How, how long was the rope that Boris left with Jarrell? 25 feet. So I'm basically at the end of it, right? Yes. By standing at the top yeah. of this, right? Uh, and is Jarell, are you still holding it the way that I handed it to you? Just like loosely holding it by the one end? Yep. Cool. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, 
know, I have something I can use here, and well, there's a no time like the present, so uh, I'm going to pull out from my bag of holding. Uh, I'm going to think about the scroll of spider climb that I've had sitting on the dusty bookshelves in there, of that little mini space, and uh, pull it out and read it and cast spider climb on myself. So for the next hour, while I concentrate, I can move up, down, and across vertical surfaces and upside down along ceilings while leaving my hands free. And I have a climbing speed that's now equal to my walking speed. So I'm just going to, like, essentially go down, but then, like, walk onto the ceiling. So I'm literally just going to, like, shift myself. Yes. You know, 180 Your degrees Your perception down. shifts as uh, you flip uh, through there, and you're facing towards the uh, where the room would be, right? Which would now be below you. Yes. Yes. Despite, you know, your hair still pulling in the normal direction of gravity and a little bit of blood rushing your head and all that, your perceptions uh, notice uh, that this is sort of, you know, kind of a curved at the bottom sort of thing. You know, the, you know, the inverse of an arched uh, corridor that this would be otherwise. But uh, one thing you notice is maybe about, oh, 20-ish feet ahead of you that um, off to the left side, it looks like there's a beam that's punched through. Ah, I see. Hmm. Yeah, right up through Nothing. the right through the floor, just kind of coming up diagonally. I see. Um, so that's good, and I'm gonna yes. let you know, gonna relay that information back. But I just want to quickly, before we all jump down here, you know, tie ropes or do all the things we need to do, um, I just want to do a quick survey to make sure that like there's nothing else down here besides just the beam and like, you know, like nothing's going to come out, jump out and surprise us and be like, hello, hello, we are a dead thing that wants to kill you. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to do a quick, like, perception I'm taking check. this survey, like, you know, just uh, like, you know, mall style, you know, just uh, asking people, uh, maybe uh, maybe a little web poll. Well, I'm going to walk along the ceiling a little bit, a little bit more towards like where that beam is and then just kind of yeah. just do a per perception check of the general area. Because I have devil's sight, so even if it's dark down here, Ooh. like I can see out to 120 feet. Yeah. Right. I like so, it. Not great at perception checks, but I not like as bad as well, Jarrell. At least you don't have stuff working against you. Right. Okay. Fifteen. Fifteen. So, um, it seems pretty empty, pretty quiet. Um, the water's, uh, you know, a little musty smelling, but uh, for the most part, it just sort of heads out east, and um, you'll notice things. Um, there's sort of a loud, hollow sound coming from the east. A loud, hollow sound. Yeah, but it's so echoey and reverberated that you can't really tell what's going on. Okay. It's from the east. There's really a lot of nothing, a lot of darkness and no sound and not a damn thing except that trickle of water coming from the west. Um, okay. So, so yeah, it looks like the room's clear, at least for where we'd be dropping down. Uh, yeah. Do we want to get a rope and then get Boris some light so we can assess the situation? Do I even have a rope on me? I have to have a rope on me, right? Well, you're going to have a bag of holding and no rope in it. I do. I have 50 feet of... <laughs> but it's, it's silk rope. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, you have uh, Quinn's attention. It should be. OK, well, we're going to use it. Um, is there anything to kind of like 
because like I can obviously fasten things wherever because I can walk on walls and stuff. But like I'm gonna try to like help Paradil and Boris kind of like fasten something here so they can drop down. Yeah. Um, and we can figure out how to move this beam or get it to kind of like fall so that there's at least a pathway for maybe our friends to come down and meet us. Yep. Boris can't see anything that Felix is doing to prepare here, so she's taken her own piece of rope and like tied it to the sewer grate lid piece. Yes, there are a few places where that sewer grate attached, um, even where it had broken off, where there are some relatively solid bolts into the stone on either side. You can absolutely get a good tie on to one of those. So I, I tie the end that I'm holding onto that and then just yank to pull the other end out of Jarell's hand. <laughs> and, uh, Jarell, what's your passive perception? Uh, not above Boris's sleight of hand. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, um, I like that candor. Yes, you have the whole rope now, uh, Boris. You're able to just snatch it right back. Um, From but, uh, way back down the hallway here. Oh, no, Boris, Boris. I've said nothing out loud about what I'm doing, so Felix, unless he yeah. can see me, would have no idea what's going oh, on. Right I can, now. I can see you. I can see okay. all the things. Yeah, so, but Jarrell uh, just thinks Boris fell down a hole. Yeah, well, you know, um, I, I was scolded the last time I updated the crew on what was going on, so <laughs> <clears throat> um, I'm gonna let them sweat for like a minute before I switch to. F- Slim and let him know what we found. I'm just gonna just let him sweat for like an extra, just just that extra few moments. Uh, and I will pull out. Actually, I just looked in my bag. I also have a, a, a an oil lamp, so I am going to light that for Boris and hand it to her. Yep. So now you can see. Thank you. Yep. Just passing it up through, although down for you and up through the grate for Boris. Yeah, well, I mean, I can walk in and just like hand it to her, like I, oh, like, yeah. like I just could walk around, like in whatever dimensions, at least for the next hour. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Boris puts the lamp down temporarily to tie her other end of rope around uh, Paradil. Thank you. And then I there guess start attempting to lower him down the hole. How much does Paradil weigh? Oh. Probably a lot. <laughs> no, I mean not. Here. I mean, I guess with the armor, yes. I mean, yeah, with my armor and my arsenal, yeah, I'm Paradil's stack. I was gonna say your armor and your arsenal probably weigh more than you, the gnome, yeah. do. Right. I know. It'd probably be easier <laughs> if you just drop do. the rope and let him climb down, or yeah. have Paradil help you down, <laughs> right? And right. Then, right. And then we. Yes. Because yeah. everything Boris is carrying is in an extra dimensional space that doesn't count towards weight limits. Boris has her cloak of the bat, so she was just going to, you know, fly into the hole. <laughs> so really, the rope is just for Paradil. Yeah. Here we go. Wait, what am I doing? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll, I've <laughs> got mean, a we'll rope just... and it's attached and it's attached to you. So I guess you could use it to climb down somehow. Yeah, I guess I, I, I will. I will help Boris try to support Paradil's descent. Come on, like a descent, a twenty-foot descent can't be too hard for 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 level twenty no. characters like us, for professionals at this point like us. And how long so. is the descent? The descent is only like twenty feet, right? Twenty feet. We got this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I feel like if if we help each other, we can help him down with without yeah. too much incident. Yeah. yeah. 
And if you like put the rope against the edge of the thing, that'll have some friction. It is a silk rope though, so I don't know. No, I'm friction. using my regular rope. She's using her oh, rope. Okay. We're not even oh. using my silk rope yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna save that. Right? This like, that's why Jarrell's freaking out. Yeah. This normal rope is so rough on my hands. Do you wear gloves? I was just trying to joke about the rope, friend, <laughs> and how I need to be pampered more with my ropes. That's never mind. Um. Uh, okay, so we lower Paradell down. I guess we Boris bats down. Well, no, I'm not uh, going to bat down. I'm just flying the regular way where I hold my cape. Right. Yeah. Cape not wasting the, the bat sorry. use yet. Sorry, you're just going to float down with the cape. Yeah. And then I will literally walk onto the ceiling, and then. I will snap to Slim. So Slim's mouth opens again. And I'm just going to say like real quick, like, ah, oh, oh, panic. Oh, my God. It's all terrible. I'm, I'm just kidding. Everything's fine. I think we figured out how to get you guys um, out of there. Uh, just uh, give us a sec. We, fi- we, we we could see the rest. Of, you know that beam that you're probably looking at right now that's like stuck in this room that's like falling through the floor and stuff? Uh, Jarrell has his hole like in the head in the hole where they all climbed. He was like yelling into it, <laughs> like peeks his head up and looked at the beam. Ah, uh, uh, yes, yes, I see that beam. Yeah, and he like I, I, we himself can, off real quick. We can see the bottom of it, so we just need to figure out a way to like remove it or just move it, and we can get you down to us. So uh, stand by. And then again, she closes her mouth. And I, I look and then feel, I guess Felix will look at Boris and Peridot and be like, so uh, let's think of some ideas of how to maybe remove this uh, here uh, beam. What is the beam made of? Wood. Uh, Boris reaches into a pocket and hands uh, each of the other two current present party members a dwarven axe and then pulls a third one out for herself. Wow. Okay. Um, that's all well and good. I, I'm not sure if anyone's ever tried to see, see me like chop wood, but uh, it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> and Felix like will like you know like lift up the sleeves of his robe and like try to make a muscle, and it like you know it's like one of those like it, it's like a barely a bump, right? And he's like, uh, I would be better off sh- literally just shooting this with Eldritch blasts, if that's the route we're gonna go. Uh, Peridil just uh, sort of like clenches his fingers together through his uh, his gauntlets of ogre strength and just says, yeah, leave this to me and starts starts a hacking. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, let's see. How would we best do this? Um, make me a either a raw strength or an athletics check if you have a better bonus to it. Sorry, that was Gauntlets of Ogre Power, by the way. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll... Yeah, sure, right. Wait, what did you say, Dave? Um, either a strength or athletics check, whichever one you think works better. Okay. It's a uh, 23. 23 of uh, which one? Uh... I'm going to say strength. 23 strength. Okay. Oh, they were the same thing. All right. Yes. So yes, through main strength powered by these gauntlets of ogre power, you are able to uh, hack away at this wood at a pretty good clip. 
I'm sure if you keep at it, uh, things are going to change pretty soon. So, um, Felix, you're not doing anything uh, with an axe because uh, you have, uh, you know, uh, magician arms. Um, so, uh, Boris, what are you doing? Do you have any novel uh, solutions to this wooden beam? In Boris got herself an axe, too, and swung once, which I just rolled for, and I rolled a two, but my strength is minus one, so an unnatural one is the result of me trying to uh, make a nice big dent in this beam here. Your fingers are tingly from Matchunk. Is there even a scrape in the paint of the beam? Um, it kind of bounced off. The beam is somewhat marred, but you didn't really get good contact with the uh, tip of the axe. All right, hold on. Just stand back for a second. And maybe it, if I can weaken a part, part of this, then you can commence with the chopping. I guess we'll just do this the old fashioned way. Um, just um, just as an aside, Quint, are you still digging, by the way? Uh, Yes, with one hand while mocking the drinking with the other. So barely digging. <laughs> barely okay. digging. Good. Good to know. All right. I, I see what he's doing here. Okay. Um, so I am going to, as, as if, if Peridil and Boris do step aside briefly, I'm going to try to like aim for, I don't know, like maybe the center of like the beam. So like, you know, like between where it's coming out from like, I guess like above and then like, you know, a, like anchored into the ground. I want to just like aim for this, like the center between those two points. And I want to just fire okay. four Eldritch Blasts at it. Okay, sounds great. Assume that you hit and roll me uh, full damage for those Eldritch Blasts. Yummy. It's funny, I use these D10s like every single time we play, and they always find a way to slide to the very bottom of my dice bag. Here we go. Yep. Thirty-four, oh, nope, thirty-nine force damage. Okay, that is significantly uh, more than I had planned for. Quinn, make an acrobatics uh, saving or a uh, dexterity saving throw. That should be easy. As I as, say, as I yes, probably roll it. As out. the floor just collapse, falls out from under you. Okay. A unnatural 20. You are able to recover with a plum and, uh, of course. you know, uh, put down the three point superhero landing as debris lands thud, thud, thud all around you, but not on you. You're unscathed. There's, uh, you know, there's uh, there's no real debris on you or anything. And uh, your cloak kind of trails off behind you a little bit as you look like a giant badass, even though you were taken totally by surprise by this. Mm-hmm. Never Nothing happen. takes me by surprise. Uh, Jarrell finishes his last health potion while Quinn falls through the floor. <laughs> All right. Consider I don't think I miss a beat also here. drinking from my flask the same time he drinks from his health potion. Sure, I like that. It sounds good. It would look great on video. <laughs> how many, uh, how much health did I get from those? 8D4? Was that what it was? a good question. How much do you get through? Uh, let's see yeah, what kind of potion. Big one and a little one. 
What did we determine it was? It was a potion of greater heat, no, superior healing with the, we, 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 we did determine we, that last time. We determined there. something and we even wrote it down somewhere. I have 84 plus eight. And then what was yeah, the that, that sounds right. Let's go with that. What was the littler one? Little, little the, small, one the, the smallest ones are like 2d4 plus two. But they like kind of go up in, you know what I mean? Like, it's like multiplicative, so it's like, depending on the type of potion, it's like 44 plus 4, 84 plus 8, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The amount of dice, it's, it's like it's actually that, you know, it's 84 and then plus whatever the amount of dice you're rolling is. I actually didn't need to use the uh, little one, so I was going to say I have a lesser, right, potion of lesser healing or... Those are just regular yeah. potions of healing at the 2d4 plus. Yeah. Nice. But the floor collapses. Hmm? Right? The floor collapsed. Or does... Yeah, did, it did. And uh, uh, Quinn fell through because he fell immediately and uh, was able to land gracefully at the bottom of the uh, of the corridor down there. Uh, I'll say Quinn just kind of looks down the hole. Yeah, I'll just like kind of look at them like, hey, buddy. Well, yeah, because uh, Quinn's face is, or not Quinn, I don't know, Felix's face is going to pop out of the hole, like, from the side, like, hey, hey, Mark. <laughs> hey, you made it. We did it. Thanks for the... The, the opportunity oh, to make a dramatic you. entrance? Thank you for... Yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah. Remember, you're speaking that up from beneath him, like, a good 20 feet up at him. Because Quinn or because uh, Felix is on the ceiling, Quinn's on the floor, and then yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Jarrell is on the floor above, you know, looking down right. through the hole. Because like, I'm literally through. like bending down, like bending like over and like yeah, looking bending up like at down up, yeah, yeah, down up to look at Jarrell and be like, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> come on down." I think Boris has your rope that you can use. I don't know. Is my rope still tied to Paradil? Isn't that great? No. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, I could go I untie to, it. I got to the bottom. I could go untie it. I could walk on ceilings. Look at me. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the time to go recover um, Jarrell's rope. Listen, you know, rope is always useful. Let's that just. That was Boris's rope. And, and you know what? In, okay, sure. But in too many uh, campaigns, in too many adventures, rope is abandoned and left behind. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm in favor of no 50-foot rope left behind. So I'm going to go ahead and grab, you know, the rope and untie it from where we had moored it from, like, the sewer, like, you know, drop down, like a little grate entrance. Yeah. And then I guess, like, I'll get it from Peridot, who I'm sure has untied it from himself at this point. I that is a good call. It is a 25-foot rope because of the previously left behind 25 feet. <laughs> I see. So. Um, and then I'll, uh, I guess, you know, hand it up to Jarrell and we'll figure out, you know, where to kind of get him secured and then we'll try to pop down. And then once he's down, I'll recover the rope again. Not about to make that same mistake (laughs) almost twice and leave this rope behind. Uh, Does Jarrell see like where this room continues on? Um, 
it continues off into the darkness out to the west indefinitely and out to the east since no one's really looked that way we haven't really described that out but a ways out uh, you see things open up and uh, it's mostly what you hear which is a loud discordant echoing of uh, there is a room off that way apparently that is uh, got such an echo or such a whatever going on that it's so reverb to hell you can't really make out what the noise is coming from that way. That's probably towards the tower, right? Because if we came from the west, we we fled back west. If we head east, we're going to be essentially heading towards the like underside of where this tower might not be still standing. I'm really hoping it's not standing. Um, you may be correct in that. Uh, as, Charles, wanna... as he's finishing climbing down. Mm-hmm. I'll recover the rope and I guess like, well, should we head that direction? Or do we want to try to get up to the surface? Somehow and look for a way that way. Hmm. I'm in favor of both. I figured I'd leave it up to the group, so I'm not always making the decision. See, like, look at where we're at. Look at team. Gross. Well, okay, if you prefer, I just make all the decisions. That's fine, Quinn, you know. (laughs) It may be better to not be in this kind of trapped area. I do feel a little bit better when uh, there is sky above me. Right. And I would like to see the results of our hard work. Yes. But also, what is that sound? Another thing we'll likely have to kill in a little bit. All right. Well, let what me is at that? least. What did you say? The sound, like that, like reverberation, oh. that, like you know, like yeah. what's happening over there? You know. Um, I could send Slim. Maybe we just like scout it out, and if it's worth investigating, we'll walk that way. And if not, then we'll find a way out of this dingy sewer or whatever it is. Um. So I guess I'll scout ahead. All right. So uh, actually, now that uh, you guys have decided to do that, that's where I was going to uh, say. So let me uh, back it up a little. As Felix has decided to scout off out east and the party has sort of made a direction uh, decision on what direction they uh, want to go. Um, I feel like that's just as good a place as any to uh, terminate this episode of uh, The Hapless mm-hmm. Heroes. Mm-hmm. Mystery intrigue. Yes. You know, just sort of a soft cliffhanger, not really a hard one. Um, so, uh, if you like us, we can be found on the internet. We're in such places as uh, Facebook, search for Hapless Heroes Podcast. We're on the gram at Hapless Heroes. For as long as Twitter still exists, we'll even be there. All those places will take you to the crown jewel of our internet presence, our Discord server, the place to uh, meet and greet and hang out with and get to know us and discuss D&D and discuss not D&D and all the fun things of life uh, that uh, you know we can share. It's this growing community that we would love if you joined. Now, if you really like us, you could leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. We know uh, that you have found a way to get to us because nobody just stumbles on an episode this deep in in a podcast like this without at least knowing where to get podcasts from. So you know where to get your podcasts from. You found a place. You're comfortable with it. You've been doing it for a while, and maybe you know how to leave reviews, and if you do so, we've got a special set of skills. We'll find that review. We will read it on air, and we will recognize you as the five-star human that you are. But wait, there's more. 
If you really, really like us, you could donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash haplessheroes. We have a variety of reward tiers. I have a feeling, um, Brand, didn't you say one of them was uh, slightly revamped recently or something like that, or am I just Not here? too much. It's more just, you know, we've restructured towards the end of the season just to kind of keep things simple. But like it, pretty much everything that we have to offer is at the $5 tier with just a few extra bonus things, you know, as you- Oh, I've got to edit the- A little higher. I've got to edit the fucking uh, hot chip. Yeah, video. you do. The people are waiting. Damn it. <laughs> I'll uh, get on that. Yeah, but, uh, you know, yeah, we're going to have a video of, you know, a few of us eating the hot, the one chip challenge, which was uh, an experience, to say the least. Um, we have, like, my tummy hurt afterwards. Yeah, and, like, we also have, like, you know, like, recently we've been recording, like, some bonus content in between our episodes and have appropriately labeled those as between two episodes where we talk about things uh, so far that aren't D&D, just, like, random things, like a random topic we'll riff on for a while just to kind of give you some extra bonus content since you love listening to us so much. Uh, So we encourage you to join. Take a look. See if it's for you. And if you like us right now, you like us. Sally Field and the whole deal set up a tent in uh the on the sidewalk and uh put a big banner over it that says lovely happy circus time and uh uh, uh, hire a person to uh lure people into the tent to enjoy the circus attraction that is yourself uh dressed up as princess peach cooking uh, bacon, and uh, you'll 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 be very happy to see the people walk through the the tent flap, and you'll say, hey "Everybody, it's me." And then you'll say your name, and you'll say, "Hope you don't mind. Uh, I I cooked you some bacon dressed as Princess Peach here." By the way, listen to Apple's Heroes podcast. It's great. I love it. Not much you can do after something like that, but I'll show our cast. Starting from my right, we have the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom, played by Francesco. I love it when plans just work. To his right, we have Lord Jarrell the Light, and occasionally Dr. Dudu, played by John. Until next time. To his right, we have Pair to Lincoln Woods, and also featuring Pregnart, played by Zach. So, bye-bye now. Ah, the bomb. I'm going to space, probably. (laughs) (laughs) To his right, we have Boris the Butcher, played by Nicole. Now I definitely know I should have stolen more health potions. And to her right, we have Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind, played by Mike. No rubble will ever knock me down. And I am Dave. I've been your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. We will see you next week as we continue this adventure. Bye-bye now. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. So long. Bye. <laughs>